About a week ago, Joseph and I were listening to a podcast that I like to listen to with some Dominican priests, and one of them was telling the story about a priest that he had grown up with who apparently liked to eat a lot. And when people used to give him a hard time about that and tell him, you know, Father, you need to diet, you need to take care of yourself, he would say, look, we're temples of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not content to be some tiny little chapel. I want to be a big basilica. And thanks be to God, that priest, he's a very good priest. I happen to know him myself. It was kind of cool to hear the story about him. He has started to take a little bit care of him, better care of himself physically. He's a little bit more fit now. He's a great teacher and all that. But uh, I don't feel bad telling you the story because he also called me snots once. I'll tell you that story another time. But it's an interesting thing, I think, to think about. You know, obviously, we are called you know, to be not just tiny little chapels of the Holy Spirit. We are temples of the Holy Spirit by our baptism. And we don't want to be content to be teeny tiny little chapels. We want to be big basilicas, not in the physical overweight sense, but with hearts on fire with the love of God. When you think about earlier this week, we celebrated the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. And you know, we think about those three shepherd children, Saints Francisco and Jacinta and Servant of God Lucia. Francisco and Jacinta died at nine and ten years old, respectively. And I would call them great big basilicas, even if they were tiny little children who died during the Spanish flu epidemic right at 100 years ago right now. And I think as we look at this and reflect on these readings, especially at this time, I think it's a good opportunity to ask the question, in what ways have we been striving to become big temples of the Holy Spirit, to be the type of people who are on fire with the love of God? And I say at this time in particular, because I think we've seen some interesting imagery over this time. In particular, once again, to bring up Fatima again, you know, this past Wednesday was the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. And those apparitions happened 103 years ago this past Wednesday. Well, for the last 102 years, every May 13th, that shrine has been packed with thousands of people. I mean, on October the 13th, 1917, there were 70,000 people present there for the miracle of the sun. And ever since, there have been tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not up to a million people present at that place celebrating the fact that Mary appeared there. But this year, in 2020, to look at the footage of this past Wednesday at the Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, there weren't many people there. At the beautiful basilica that's located there, it's, you know, that great structure of stone and beautiful stained glass, the great image of Mary being crowned Queen of Heaven and Earth by our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ with the image of the Holy Spirit above. In that church, on that beautiful day, there was next to nobody present. And you think about right behind me, our beautiful church that we've been striving for the last, what, 10 plus years to build up, to pay off. Over these last several months, it's been a little bit more scarcely populated than normal, right? I mean, thanks be to God, we live in a part of the world that we could leave the churches open. People have been able to come in and pray, but obviously here we are right now on the front lawn. 
And as you see images of some of our big, beautiful basilicas and cathedrals and shrines all over the world, like I just saw a picture yesterday of St. Peter's Basilica at the Vatican being sprayed down and sanitized. I mean, it's been empty. They're preparing for people to come inside. Obviously, big basilicas, cathedrals, they're all important and they're beautiful to have, but there will come a day, and obviously there has come a day, where we can't necessarily step inside of them, right? They're important. They're a beautiful sign that we give glory to God. I mean, look at this place. It's awesome, right? But if you walk in and out of these doors, if you walk to some of those beautiful places, in and out of them, and they don't change your heart, they don't make you desire to be a big temple of the Holy Spirit, to be magnanimous, to talk about my favorite virtue, big-souled, to want to be a big basilica of the Lord, then they're not doing their job. Because ultimately, these will crumble and fall away, but your eternal soul will live on. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we make these temples of the Holy Spirit that we are by our baptism, not mere teeny tiny chapels, but great, big, beautiful basilicas, great, big temples of the Holy Spirit, we do what our Lord asks us. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I think as we, God willing, are moving towards the end of this time of quarantine, of pandemic, in which the obligation to attend Mass has been lifted, right? I mean, we're not obliged to be here right now. And I'll just say to those watching at home, you don't feel comfortable, you feel sick still, whatever, you're not obliged to be here. It's fine. I'm glad you're joining us right now. I wanted to look right at the camera to say that. But at the same time, the question is, as we move forward, why do we do what we do? Why do we pray in the way that we pray? Is it simply because we're obliged to do so, right? Is it just because, well, them's the rules, right? Or is it because we're on fire with the love of God that we want to be here? Why do we follow his commandments? He doesn't want us to follow them because we're afraid that we're going to be zapped from the sky. He doesn't want us to follow them because we're merely scrupulous. He wants us to follow them. Why? Because we are in love. And ultimately, it's that love, living that love out, that will convert the world. Look at the first reading today from the Acts of the Apostles. Philip goes down to the city of Samaria and proclaims the Christ to them. And if you look at the context of this reading, it comes right after what? His fellow deacon, St. Stephen, has just been stoned to death. St. Paul, who's still Saul at this point, is going out breathing murderous threats to go after the Christians. So what does St. Philip do? Does he cower? Does he, you know, run away? No. He goes out and he proclaims the gospel. He proclaims Christ and his being a great big temple of the Holy Spirit, being a big basilica on fire with the love of God, converts the crowds who pay attention to him, who see what's going on. The same as what's supposed to happen with us. And then we can do exactly what St. Peter is asking us to do. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you, for a reason for your hope. We have a reason for our hope. Jesus is risen from the dead. He remains in our midst now and always. 
Even though we continue to walk in this valley of tears, even though there are causes for us to be afraid, hey, the gospel today is from the Last Supper, mere hours before Jesus would lay down his life for us on the cross. And what does he tell us? I'm not going to leave you orphans. If you love me, keep my commandments. My brothers and sisters in Christ, now I think is the perfect time to ask ourselves the question, How have I been living my faith? Before the pandemic, during it, how do I want to live it going forward? Is this just about cold obligation, checking off the list? Or is this about being in love? And I'll tell you, that's how we become the great big basilicas that we're called to be, to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. Because even more beautiful than all the great basilicas of the world, and as much as I love the shrine at Fatima, and I could live there tomorrow, I would love it, I would go right away. But even more beautiful than that is the heart of a saint on fire with the love of Christ, on fire with him and ready to go out into the world to spread that love, to give a reason for that hope, to know that that hope continues to come to us, to give us himself on this altar, body, blood, soul, and divinity, that he does not abandon us. And what we're called to is to enter into that love, not Obligations are important, right? You love your kids. If they're a baby, you're obliged to change the diaper, right? Okay, there's an obligation there. You follow it. It's okay. Obligation is not a bad word, but you don't just do it because you're obliged. You do it because you love them. And that's what we're called to in our faith. If everything that we do, if following his commandments are rooted ultimately in our relationship with him, if we're striving to love him with all we've got, if we're asking him for the grace to set our hearts on fire, just like his sacred heart, just like the immaculate heart of our blessed mother, we will find peace. We will find hope. We will find the joy that will set this world on fire even more so than the beautiful churches of the world. We're called not merely to be teeny tiny chapels, We're called to be great big basilicas, being the temples of the Holy Spirit that we were baptized to be. Let's pray for that grace to never slip into cold following of obligation, but to be on fire with the love for Christ and to go out to all the world to proclaim the good news. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.